there you are. Welcome back, everybody, to our humble look into the lives of dads and parenting everywhere. This is Andy Christopher, aka the Dilf, the dad I listen to frequently, and we are back with another another shortish episode of the Dilf Show. Time is fleeting right now. Uh, baby girl is two weeks old, 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 and um. She's starting to open up her eyes, really, and figure out that that life is happening. And so I I want to go back to a quote that I I used in a previous episode. I, I ended one of my older episodes with this, and I'm going to start it with this one, and it's going to kick into our topic for discussion. But the quote is, life never gets easier. You simply learn to handle the hard better. And now more than ever, does this seem beyond relevant? And not just for us, but also for our firstborn son, for Arlo. And on this particular episode, what what I want to talk about mostly is just how we prepared him for baby girl, for Alina coming into the world. And he has been so resilient thus far. He has responded so well to her actually being here. It's been incredible. It's made our lives easier. And he still he still goes through his fits. He still goes through, you know, his bouts and his I wants, I needs. Uh it's it's mostly just I need right now. I need this. I need this. And um he He's also been overtired. He's just not sleeping very well. I'm not sure how long your two to three-year-old sleeps, but sometimes he's only sleeping eight hours. And I think they need to be closer to 12. It's kind of crazy, but overtired and overstimulated. He's got grandparents here and he's got he's got his <laughs> derpy old parents to deal with. And then he's got this little girl, this thing that just showed up out of nowhere, even though we prepared him as best as we could. And, and I'll get into exactly what we did to, to maybe help you prepare your firstborn, but um, to see him interact with her and to watch him evolve as well as a caretaker, as someone who un- is beginning to understand that the family has grown, beginning to understand his role and responsibility for protection and keeping her safe and making sure she feels loved. It's, it's been 10 out of 10 so far. And I know we're not far into it and there's going to be bumps in the road. I, I think back to, you know, the, the challenges and the obstacles and the competitive nature that my sister and I, uh, my sister, Laura had with one another, another growing up. And it wasn't, it wasn't really until she went to college that that competitive nature really kind of was sh- shooed aside or swept under the rug or let bygones be bygones because at that point she was she was growing up and you know I was growing into high school and there just wasn't time for it then we just realized hey we we just love each other you're just a cool person and and then it really just spawned into 
our ability to really talk openly with one another and share thoughts and feelings about growing up and stuff in our lives or our family or whatever it might be. And so we know that at least for many years, there's going to potentially be a rivalry. But I will tell you right now, Arlo, our oldest, has been just as sweet as could be and has just taken so much stress away from our lives because he's been able to handle this so well. And I told I told the story on last week's episode about, you know, baby girl being born that Arlo finally, he like wanted to give her a kiss on the lips and it was so sweet. And now he wants to hold her. He will just randomly walk over to her when she's crying and give her a hug. He is really taking the responsibility and being a helper very seriously. And it's, it's, it's truly amazing to watch. Um, but the months leading up to it and, and kind of where the quote comes in is like his life has gotten exponentially harder as well. And so no matter what age you are, you become more resilient through your experiences and you're able to take certain things in stride that used to throw you completely off the rails. And Arlo has done that in such a short time. He, he's already shown that he's handling this difficult situation with, with class and with words that he doesn't even know exist. Um, emotional intelligence. Um, he's just so capable. It's, it's, it's um, awesome to see. And he is handling his situation, the hand he's been dealt as best as he possibly can. And in the months leading up to Alina being born, one of the biggest things that we wanted to make, make known to him is that our family was going to change. So Julia would, you know, have Arlo come over and, you know, feel her belly. And when, when baby girl was kicking in the womb and say, Arlo, look, there's, there's someone inside there you used to live in here too. The more honest that we and she was with this scenario, the more receptive he was to actually hearing the information. And it wasn't all at once that he just got it. It's just like anything else. It takes repetition. It takes consistency and kind of driving the point home. But, you know, she, she would do these little things and we would start referring to her as sister or sissy or something like that, referring to her as the person she was going to become and already, already was at that point. And at first he was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just play. Let's do our, our normal routine. Let's have fun. And then, you know, he really started to feel the kicks and he really started to hear that she was coming. And it seemed to trigger this in just this quest for knowledge or this just inquisitive nature inside of him where he started asking questions or making statements while pointing at Julia's stomach, like sissy's in there or sissy's coming. And I think it's crucial 
to just be open and honest as for as long as you can for your older children to understand the changes that are coming. And that honesty will, it'll start to sink in and you'll start to see them asking questions and going out of their way to help you or take care of you in a situation. And it's, it's great. It's, it's amazing how their little brains process things that are well beyond their years. But that was probably the most important piece was just being honest with Arlo about how our family was going to grow, going, going to evolve and how he was going to have to adapt and really help us out. Um, you know, another, another thing that we did was, you know, we, we took him to Disneyland and we took the photos. We didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or girl at that point, but we associated positive things with the baby coming. And, you know, Julia would bring it up during bath time or we'd be sitting down and having a nice dinner and we'd start talking about how the family was going to grow. We didn't bring it up in times of distress when he was melting down or when we were frustrated or after a long day of work and we just couldn't handle or have the capacity to have that conversation. It was always associating sister with these great moments. Obviously Disneyland is a bit of an outlier, but you know, there, there were times when we'd be at the park and, you know, Julia would be sitting there, Arlo would be enjoying himself and he'd come over for a drink of water and she'd just bring it up, you know, soon you're going to have a sister to, to play at the park with and go on the slides with. And he'd be like, Oh, sissy, you know, and he'd light up and it was, it was so crucial to what we're seeing now that all those moments leading up to it, he just forged in his mind that these are going to be good things even though you can see that, you know, when she cries, it kind of tenses up and he, he cringes a little bit. And, and, and now he's learning that he, he wants to make it right. He wants to make it better. And our grandparents being here has aided in that because they, they, they're so helpful that he wants to be helpful as well. And so since we, we selected those proper times to present the the family growing situation and the fact that we were having um, another child, I think that that was really key to his reaction as soon as she was born. We we were in the hospital, and he came in and he looked at her at first, and it was just kind of like a you know, life is life. There's dad, there's mom, there's everyone, and everyone's happy to see me, and it's great, and I've got my jelly beans, and I'm I'm feeling good. But by the end of that visit he was walking over to her. He was, you know, kind of stroking her head and he was saying, I'm a big brother. I'm a big brother. And it was, it it was like this light turned on that this was a happy moment. This wasn't something to fear or to be, to be scared by or to shut down completely and just kind of reject. 
it was a thing where he saw that, you know, we were tired, we needed help, but that we were happy. And maybe recalling all those other happy moments when we chose to present the information lent itself to that. So the next piece is just don't don't pick the wrong time to do it. And you can't overdo it. You can't overshare this information and overprepare them for what's coming because we're all woefully underprepared as soon as baby number two got here. But um, you just don't hide it from them that something is changing. And picking those right spots to associate it and attribute it to happy moments, I think that's just a a good mantra for for living, you know, to to help reinforce the the behaviors that the good behaviors that you want to see have it happen when good behaviors are happening and good things are happening. I feel like if going back, we just would have brought it up, you know, a week before and Arla would have seen the changes but not understood them. And then all of a sudden, mom and dad are gone for a couple of days. He's just with his grandparents for a couple of days. It could have been a very different outcome in terms of how receptive he was to her being there. But inherently, you know, he's rough on us. He, he'll kind of beat the crap out of us and he'll he'll scream at us and he'll let us know his big feelings are are evident. Like I said, he's he's like anger from uh, from inside out or the best description we've heard he's like a sour patch kid first he's sour then he's sweet and the sweet really has come to the surface a lot a lot more quickly than i anticipated i really thought it was going to take a couple of months and i think that was one of julia's fears as well towards the end of her pregnancy was just man we're just blowing this up and arlo's doing great at school and was was this the right choice? And inevitably, we always fell back on our why for you know why we decided to have a second kid. We both love our siblings, and we knew that we wouldn't be the people that we are in for all the positive reasons without that sibling in our life. And to go through and to people who have zero or one kids, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. This was just our choice because of our experiences. I don't really think you can go wrong as long as you're open and honest and there for your kid. But we selectively picked some nice moments to make sure that he knew that he was still going to be a priority and that our family and our love was just going to grow as a result of this, this new baby girl coming into it. So it's not it's not rocket science it's it's not an exact science but just honesty and preparing them and you know finally using real examples we we first started off with you know holding holding his little cars and holding his little doll, like his little stuffed animals that were around saying, look, this is going to be what it's like when Sissy is here. We're going to have to be nice to her. And of course, he'll just, you know, at some point he would just throw it against the wall and, it, you know, we would laugh about it. But it's just like, okay, when, when your sister's here, you can't do that. Then we, we got him a little baby doll with a little, little hat and a little bottle and all the, all the trimmings, so to speak. and 
as we started putting together the swing and the um, the bassinet and the changing table, we started putting that little baby into real scenarios and saying, Arlo, do you want to help with, with Sissy? And he just started seeing our behaviors and seeing what was up and obviously using his own personal experience with getting a diaper changed or whatever it might be. He started to get more curious and started to interact. And then one day Julia said, Arlo, do you want to, do you want to feed, do you want to help feed the baby? Cause we're going to have to give Sissy some bottles sometimes. And he took a bottle and he literally held it to this baby doll's mouth. And he was, he was petting her and just being so kind to her. And well, huge daddy long legs just, <laughs> just came into view. I guess that's what happens close to midnight. You just, the the creepy crawlers come out, but he was so immersed with, with the doll that we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, he's got it. He, he knows what's coming. He's going to be just fine. He's going to be great at this. And he's a bruiser now. I mean, he's got to be pushing 40 pounds, but he feels like he's about 60 and he is going to be so wonderfully protective of her and show her all the cool things. And we're so excited to see them grow and evolve and learn from one another. It's just, it's the joy of of parenting. You can, you can look back when your kids are 25 and 28 and romanticize the stuff about the early days and give new parents any generic or cliched response to them having their kids, but we're in it right now. And I can tell you that it's so fucking awesome to be their parents right now, even though it's, it's frustrating at times and we're tired and we're still learning. It's always every day is a learning game. I can, I'm looking to the future and I'm, I'm looking ahead and I'm seeing them share interactions and, and look in, in Arlo's eyes. And I just can't wait to see how this family is going to shake out because I think it's going to be a pretty cool one to be perfectly honest, perfectly selfish and somewhat egotistical. I'm just so in love with this family that I can't wait for the next day, the next week, the next month the next trip. Although I, if I haven't said this before, this will be our last baby just for, for age purposes. We're, we're not going to have a third child. Um, but I just can't wait. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And I love both these kids so damn much for so such different reasons right now. And that love continues to just I don't know, seep into every part of me and everything that matters. My, my why in my business, my why for, you know, self-care reasons and everything that I want to do well, I want to do well for them. And that's not going to stop. And it feels really good. So that's all I got for you today. It's um it's one of those episodes that's, you know, I hope something sticks and resonates with you, especially if you're moving on to baby number two, baby number three, whatever it might be, on how to prepare your children for the changes that are coming. 
let me know your thoughts. Drop them in the the social media comments. Uh, send me an email, thedilfshow at gmail.com, at thedilfshow on all our socials. Still got the website going. If you ever get um, behind on any of your episodes, all the podcast episodes are also listed on the website. So um, go out there, tell your kids you love them, tell your family you love them. And, um, and, you know, just, just go be a better version of yourself tomorrow. That's all we can do. Right. So that's all I got. I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it.